What's up, beautiful people? I'm here with Christian Hernandez, and we're going to have a great time. Christian is somebody kind of at the edge of sub two. Uh, we're just haven't crossed paths yet in sub two. We know about each other. We've always like heard each other's names. I'm 100% sure of it. But we just haven't really had a conversation. And I was like, man, he deserves to be on like Sports the Fear. So like, let's have him on. Let's see what happens. Let's have a good time. And yeah, so I'm just excited. Thank you so much for coming on, my man. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me, man. When you told me, I was like, I couldn't pass it up. You know, I love it. You know, I I, do, I have watched some of your interviews when you talk to some other people, and I agree. You know, we I I heard you, I hear your name all the time, and you know, just never had a chance to work together. Yeah, man. So, real quick for the people who don't know you, just real quick, introduce yourself, introduce what you do in real estate, and just just a basic description of what you do in real estate, real quick. Yeah, um, my name is Christian Hernandez. You know, I live in Southern California in real estate. You know, my main business model, number one right now, is wholesaling, right? I, that's, that's it. I'm looking for wholesale opportunities. Now, in, as I'm looking for wholesale deals, you know, you run into sub two deals. You're looking to, you, you run into good opportunities that you can wrap. You're looking, you run into good opportunities that you can keep as rentals. So really, I'm not, necessarily trying to keep everything I'm finding, right? My first my first option is, the first thing I want to do is to wholesale it. But if it's a really good one, really juicy one that I know, okay, that's going to make a great wrap. That's going to make a great rental. Then I like to keep them. At the moment, um, I don't have any Airbnbs, midterm rentals, or anything like that. The two strategies I like to do is I like to do wraps and I like to do uh, long-term rentals as far as the properties that I'm, I'm keeping. I love it. And are you doing it in SoCal? I'm not. I, I'll do I'll do it in SoCal if if I find something. I'll tell you, I I I mainly like to do novations and flips and wholesale deals in SoCal. I don't like to do the long term rental stuff. There's barely any cash flow here, and the laws are 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 not in our favor. But if if there's an opportunity for a wrap, I'll do the wrap. If it, it's a good house and I just can't pass it up, I'll do it. But I'm not necessarily. About, um, so in SoCal, like, isn't California the best market though for wholesaling and flipping? I keep arguing. hundred percent. It's like 100%. the worst market for buy and holds, but it's literally like the best market for for wholesaling and flipping. Just quickly talk to people about that because I keep telling people that they just don't believe me, and no one comes out here, and I'm like, well, screw it, I'll get I'll take more of the deals. But like real quick, just talk about like why it's so such a good market for wholesaling and flipping. The prices, right? The prices is really where it's at, right? Let's say you find a deal in Alabama, the properties were thirty thousand dollars. It's hard to squeeze twenty thousand dollars assignment out of it. If you same thing, let's say in Georgia, right, or in in Texas, you find something that the after repair value is two hundred, three hundred, right? It's not as easy of finding a a, a spread that big. But in California, if the property is half a million dollars, you know, 600,000, 800,000, a million dollars, it's easier to get a big assignment like that. Like there's just more spread in it. Uh, so far, my biggest one in LA was 120. You know, I, I've only had one that big, but that's the biggest one I had. And I know that that, that assignment couldn't have happened in, in other, in, anywhere else. Um, just because of, you know, how, how the prices are here yeah, 100%. No, I agree with it. And it's just something I keep arguing about people. I'm mainly in Northern California, right? I'm Northern California and Colorado. 
But like, man, those assignment fees in California, I've done like four or five now, a hundred K plus assignment fees. That's just like not possible in other markets. So guys, you want to keep making those five K assignment fees, go to Indianapolis. But if you're trying to make a hundred K on a deal, you guys should come to California. It's the golden state for a reason. And I keep saying that, right? So anywho, I just want to talk about that just because you're from California too, my man. So what are your main markets then? I like, uh, right now, marketing to California, Southern California. I like uh, Texas, the metros mainly, right? Dallas is the best one I've had, I've worked with. But I like Houston, I like San Antonio, and I like Atlanta Okay. in Georgia. So let's get into your story. Like what, when this, this podcast is called Scorch the Fears, the whole point of it is to help newer people get over their fears and help them help interview people who are way more successful than like the newest person in the game and help them figure out like, how do I overcome my fears of getting started in this game? So when you were starting out, Christian, how did you, um, what were your fears and how did you overcome them? Yeah, you know, um, so my background, right, what I went to school for was was IT, right, computer science. So before, just, just a little bit of background on what I was doing and, like, kind of what, what I was, like, doing in the job, like my personality type, right? So I was, like, the IT, IT person for a company, and then I was the IT person for a lot of companies at some point working for, for – for a provider that just helped, you know, business in general. But as the IT person, keep in mind that's that I wasn't somebody that wanted to be in the front all the time. I didn't want to be saying hi to everybody. I didn't want to be networking. I didn't want to do none of that. I just wanted to, you know, be go in the back of the room. Nobody sees me. I get to the computer. I fix it. I leave. Don't say hi to nobody. Like that's kind of like my expectations of the workplace was, and that's kind of what I liked. So me getting into a situation where like it, everything is front facing and I have to be in front of people all the time and I don't make money if I don't talk to people, right? It was completely different. It's a completely different, um, completely different job. But I, um, in a sense, I knew that, you know, what I was doing then wasn't going to get me where I needed to be. So either I needed to change and I need to push myself and do the things that I that were uncomfortable or I needed to just kind of be okay with where I was and, and accept it. So I didn't want to do that. And, you know, I, but that, that, that's, that was my start, right? I didn't want to do anything as far as, as networking. I didn't want to do anything about as far as calling sellers directly myself. Sure. I could set up the systems, but everything else in the wholesaling game, I, that was like against my nature. Gotcha. So do you have like a partner? Like, do you have a visionary uh, partner? Because are you mainly just integrated or are you still on your own? Or how do you no, I'm on my own. I feel like that's that's really hard, I feel like, for integrators to be able to wholesale. I feel like most integrators have a little bit of a challenge. They end up being dispo wholesalers, generally, what I've seen. What's your yeah. What's your business model? Is it direct to seller? Are you who's calling the agents or, I'm, or who's calling the sellers or what's going on? I'm direct to seller. I like to do direct to seller and I don't have a visionary partner. It's just me. You know, so um, I do have I'm at this point of the game, I actually have more partners that are doing some marketing and I'm closing their deals versus me being the integrator. You know, so that's like a my, really interesting thing that I really want to press on, because if you're naturally an integrator, the fact you've got yourself to close deals anyway is so awesome. There are very few people I know like that. I feel like Steve Trang is another one like that. 
how did you push yourself to do what you naturally don't like? Like, like, how do you, to, like, naturally, you probably don't like closing necessarily, especially if you're an IT guy, but you push yourself because you know you have to do it. How did you do that? Yeah, man, I was telling, I, I joke around a little bit about this, you know, because when I was starting out, I used to call sellers and I used to hope, I go, oh, man, I hope this guy doesn't answer the phone. And if he answers the phone, I don't know what I'm going to say. You know, like I didn't want, I didn't want that. I was against that. But um, what, what was happening, right, I was generating leads. I was generating a lot of leads. And one thing that is hard to do when you're generating leads is to find somebody that's going to care about your leads as much as you're going to care about your leads. So, you know, I was generating leads and working with one person here, one person there, one person here, but I wasn't getting the full commitment. And honestly, in my heart, I always felt like, oh, what if they didn't call the lead? What if, uh, what if I, it could have gone better? You know, I, I don't know. So I always had that, that, that feeling. And then one time, you know, I, I, I found out that the person I was working with, you know, had like 12 leads that they hadn't called at all. And I was like, man, I'm spending all this money, all this time. Like, what am I doing? I'm just going to call them myself, even if it goes, goes, if it goes bad, then it goes bad. And that's kind of what pushed me into like, start calling them myself. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Makes sense. I mean, like you just needed to basically is what you're telling mm -hmm. me, right? Like you just had to. I, uh, yeah, because there was an, one thing that was non-negotiable was that I was going to be doing this business. You know, I was, had my mindset, like I'm going to be in real estate one way or another. And if me not having somebody right now that can help me do their calling, like that wasn't going to be enough barrier for me not to be in real estate. I was willing to, you know, do what it took and feel uncomfortable until I got better, you know, but I was going to do this. Gotcha. Cool. Makes sense. Yeah. So then, okay. You like made that commitment to yourself and then, what happened next? What happened with your journey? I mean, like, did you immediately start cold calling? Were you just like, screw it? I don't care how much I hate this. Like, uh, how did you how did you get over cold calling if you if you had that feeling, right? Like, I'm naturally visionary. And I was like, I was hoping people would answer the phone so I could stop, I could get a deal and make some money, right? But I yeah. get it, if you're more introverted, like, that's hard. Like, it was it was just necessity, basically. It was just like, yeah, and, 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 and the, the way that I saw it, honestly, was kind of like, it's kind of like when you're working out, right? Like if you start working out, you're just like, okay, maybe I don't want to run. I don't want to run. And then you start running and it's like, okay, well, today I, I ran, I could run for three minutes straight without stopping. And then you keep on doing it and eventually you build, you build more, more endurance and you're like, okay, well, now I could run for five minutes straight, for seven minutes straight, for right. 10 minutes straight. So the way that I saw it, you know, it's, it's kind of like you just got to lay one brick at a time and go from there. Just lay one brick at a time. And if, if I felt like I was doing something like that to impact my business, then, you know, I was willing to do it. And it wasn't comfortable. It wasn't easy. You know, I was it was against my nature to sit so much and be like trying to call people. But um, I, I just, you know, I just did it. And I knew that I knew that a lot of times it was because. I was making excuses not to be calling, so I was like kind of fighting myself, and I was kind of, I kind of had goals. I had a I had a checklist like, okay, I'm gonna be into 20 conversations. I'm not getting up until I get into 20 conversations, and I made sure that I marked. You know, that that's one thing that that I I, I think that helped me was that I was kind of marking it and kind of feeling like, okay, I'm actually making progress. I'm actually doing the thing, and 
you know, at least, you know, like I said, laying break up, one break at a time. Love it. So then, okay. So you're cold calling, you're calling these sellers. Um, what's, what, where did your story go next? Like, how did you, I honestly, how did you even find out about real estate in the first place? Um, well, I used to spend a lot of time, like when, when you're an IT technician for a lot of businesses, right. Um, they basically hire you when, 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 you know, they can't, you know, their POS system, they can't charge people or hotels, right. Their machines stop working. They can't give people keys or whatever. But the, the whole point of that is that in, in California, there's a lot of traffic also. Right. So you, I'd have, I'd have to drive from one location to another. And each in, in between was about like 45 minutes to, to an hour just to get from one spot to the next. And then, you know, when it was time to get home, it was like a hour and a half drive that I was just sitting in my car. And I was like one of those people that I wanted to do something while I was sitting in my car. I didn't want to just like listen to music or listen to nonsense. So I was kind of always like listening to listening to like motivational podcasts and stuff like that. I almost feel like, you know, I kind of brainwashed myself because that's all I was listening to. I wasn't listening to anything else other than like motivational stuff for a long time. What podcast? And, um, well, I, I, you know, I was listening to Steve Trang. I was listening to to. Um, honestly, I, I, I don't have the list anymore. I don't, I don't drive so much, so I don't have the time so much anymore. But, um, the, the other thing too, being in California and sucking traffic, man, like, one of the thoughts that was like killing me was that, um, I wasn't making money while I was in traffic, you know? And I was like, one thought that I was, I had that I was like, I need to figure out how I can make money somehow while I'm stuck in traffic. Like this, this is not working. This is not, this is not enough. You know, and, and, you know, just kind of looking for that, always looking for that. Eventually I ran into real estate and I was like, oh, maybe that, maybe that's, that's something that I can do. And to be honest, initially I didn't want to wholesale. I was looking for fix and flips, but I just didn't even know how to find the deals. I love this moment that you're talking about though. I've heard Tony Robbins talk about it. There's a moment I feel like in every person's life where they like hit a crossroad like that, where they hit a crossroad, where they like, are, where they hit a point where they're like this just sucks i do not like how my life is going and i really only have two options i'm either gonna change it or i'm gonna stick with it and this is just my life forever right i had that feeling too when i got into real estate i was like jobless and like couldn't figure out what the hell to do and i was like i hate this i need to make this work and i just see i just want to commend you for the fact that you were able to do that even when and you had to do it like with the parts that you hated in the business as well I create, I also don't like creating systems that much, but I feel like cold calling for an integrator is even harder. So I want to A, commend you for that. And B, just talk to everyone on here. If you're having one of those moments in your life right now where you're having that enough moment, real estate is easily the easiest way to get out of whatever situation you're in. I know anyone who sticks to real estate eventually becomes successful or eventually gets a deal. I, I, the people who fail usually just quit is the issue. And I don't know if you've noticed that, but I don't know anyone in who's failed, who actually stuck with it, did it consistently, actually followed people who were doing it and actually listened to what they said and didn't get a deal within like six months. Like, do you, do you even know anyone like that? Usually what happens is they just don't do the work. Yeah. That's, that's the most common thing that happens is if they, they didn't do it is because they didn't do the work. 
Yeah. Simple as that. And and you maybe sometimes this is the thing too when you don't have the like kind of you know I was talking about having the muscle to call call longer. You don't have the muscle to be doing this type of work for a long time. You may feel like you've been doing the work, but you really haven't, right? Maybe you feel like you've been call calling for an hour, but you really have been sitting in your computer scrolling for forty five minutes. Right. And you don't take that, you don't, and I, I, I felt that that's the reason I had the ticks. And I was like, oh, that's one seller I spoke to. That's two sellers I spoke to. That's three sellers I spoke to. Because I just didn't want to feel like that, you know? I got you. So keep going with your story. So you just start cold calling. You're listening to podcasts. Then what happens? What changes? What's your first deal like? Oh, yeah. So so when, you know, Fast forward, and then I, I hear about you know real estate, and I, I hear about fixing and flipping, and I'm like, okay, I need to, I need to find a deal. That's, this is it. I'll flip a house. This is my way of you know, just cutting this 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 trend that, that I got going on. I flip a house, and then I start doing that, and then I started to realize, oh man, it's not that easy to find deals. You know, it's that's a whole nother thing. So then I realized, you know, and then I started pursuing that I started pursuing the finding the deal finding the deal and I was like well and my I'll tell you my first deal what the way that I got my first deal um was through postcards so I I knew I didn't have I didn't have a ton of money when I started but but um what I actually did is I I found a list of the pre-foreclosures that were happening and it was a it was kind of a big list it was a list out of out of Texas that was my first one and the list was maybe like a thousand records because I pulled multiple cities, but I didn't have enough money to send letters to everybody. So I was like, okay, how can I trim this down and, you know, increase my chances? So what I ended up doing is I separated all of the properties that had like Hispanic last names. And what I did, instead of sending the same, the same postcard that everybody sends, I was, I'd send the same one, but I sent it in Spanish. So, that's what I did. You know, I picked out all the Hispanic last names and then I sent them a letter in Spanish. And then one day uh, this lady called me and she literally said, oh, I, I, I called you back because this was the only one I saw in Spanish. Nice. It's really smart. And then like how it was that. And then what happened? Tell, tell us more of the story. Yeah. So, you know, it was it was a, the only reason I locked it up, honestly, was because it was like an easy seller. And there was not a lot of competition uh, because, like I said, she called me and, and it was in Spanish and I speak Spanish. Right. So, you know, it was a, it was a, as of my first assignment, it was $20,000. Nice. Um, yeah. Uh, nice. So you did direct mail. And then I want to ask you this. This is actually a good question to go off of. Like, what do you feel like, how do you feel like somebody starting out? Do you feel, this is what I've noticed when I advise newer people, I first ask them, like, who are you? What type of person are you, right? Like, honestly, I wouldn't have advised you if I knew you and you were just starting and you hadn't gotten a deal yet. And you told me you were an integrator IT guy. I would have not recommended doing cold calling. Do you, what do you recommend to people when they're just starting out? How do you, how do you start off? Do you have it matched with personalities or are you just like, screw it, just cold call? Like, that's the easiest way to get a deal. Or what do you think? No, no. Looking back at it, yeah, I, I, I kind of asked them, okay, what's your goal first? You right? What's your goal? What are you working with? Right? Some people they they're ready to start buying. I wasn't ready to start buying, but some people start there, right? Some people are ready to start lending. Some people, some people like you, right? You, you, you had a personality, and you're like, no, I like to be on the phone. 
right? So if that's the easiest thing for you, that's what you should do. But I, what, I, what I tell people is like, if do what you can do, be consistent at. That's I think that's the real key. So if you could be consistent at calling, do do that. If you if you can't be consistent at calling, don't do that. You know, um, because I think the key to this, like you said, you don't know somebody that stuck it out for a long time and wasn't successful. So that's what I think the key is, is to find something that you could actually stick with. Um, I love that. What do you, how do you feel like you, how do you decide what you feel like you could stick with? Is it like, 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 how did you know you could stick with cold calling, even though you hated it? Uh, well, by then, by then I had already gone through a lot of, you know, trials, I guess, with me working with different people. And I realized that nobody was going to, call my leads as hard as I was and nobody was going to update them as hard as I was and nobody was going to follow up as hard as I was. So, um, I don't know, it's a little, a little bit different, but if, if I was starting off, you know, I, I would say you, you got to give things a try, but once you give something a try, you're going to give it a try for three months. If you don't try it for three months, there's not enough there for you to realize like if you're good at it or if you're, you're bad at it or if you even like it or hate it, right? You might start liking it. And then by the time you done a few, you're like, you know what, this, this is, this is not me. So I, I think that whatever you do, you got to try different things, but try them for at, at least three months, you know, and that not until then you're not going to be good. Right. Makes sense. So tell us more about your story. Like, I mean, we, you start cold calling, you do some direct mail that actually gets your first deal. What happens then? How do you keep? How does your real estate career keep developing? Yeah, so I mean that that that, that was enough for me to start getting VAs and start call, you know getting call callers and start setting up the systems. But also that that gave me confidence. You know that gave me confidence that oh you know this is a big check. This is the most the biggest check I've gotten so far, all at one time. You know it it really works. I could really do this. And I didn't get another one for a long time, but. I knew that that it was a possibility. I knew that it wasn't just something that off of YouTube that you know that was fake or anything, right? It was it was it was certain that it it could be done, and it was certain that I could do it because I had proof in my hand, you know. So for me, it was just easier to continue and just start building out the process and start trying to call calls, start trying to do that. You know, I was going to, by then, you know, I was in sub two. So I was in the daily dial every single day, just trying to get better, trying to get better. How'd you, how'd you decide to join to sub two? Tell us that story a little bit. Okay. Um, so in California, there's actually another group that, that was called, um, I don't actually, I'm not going to say it. I don't want to put, you know, throw dirt on their name, but there, there's another group in Southern California and they wanted me to join, you know, I had, I had been seeking for, for a group to join. And um, I used to send them deals. I used to send them deals all the time and that I needed help where I was already generating leads and I'd say, hey, look, this is a good one. They're already here. I know it's not a deal yet, but maybe if one of you guys can call them, right? And I used, basically how I, I, I want to be approached, you know, now that I'm doing deals, if somebody says, hey, I have a deal, this is it. I'm like, okay, you got my attention. But then I was sending these people deals and they would never get back to me. The only time they got to me was when, when they wanted me to join their program. Mm. So, you know, that told me like, oh man, maybe they're not doing deals. Maybe they're just selling the program. And you know that, that and 
that's really what pushed me away from them. And I was like, okay, I'm going to give Pace a shot. Because at the same time, I was going to this meetup here in Southern California. Um, and the guy, you know, he, he used to have a meetup, but all he did was tell wholesalers about some deals that he did locally sub to. And his goal was, was really to get leads from the wholesaler. Every time I asked him, he told me, he's like, man, I can't teach you. You know, I'm not a teacher. I'm not a coach. But if you want to learn this, you need to, you know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of problems that you can get into if you do these contracts and you don't do them right. You know, you could get into a lot of problems. So I don't want to be responsible for that. Join a program. They teach you to do it the right way. And, you know, these two things were happening at the same time. And then I saw Pace and it was just like, oh, why they're going to. Why were you so intent on getting educated? Right. I I also had this feeling too but i want to hear your perspective on it because so many people are like man i don't want to pay eight thousand dollars to join a program right like i that sounds like a lot of money but yeah. it seems like you were super intent on getting educated so like i want to i want your perspective on like why were you so intent on that why were you so like wanting to join some sort of program yeah you know actually that it wasn't about it wasn't necessarily about a program i wanted to I wanted to join a network of investors. And that's the same reason that I was like going to these meetups. I wanted to be part of a network of investors. You know, um, uh, there was a book, uh, what's the name of the book I read? Um, uh, 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 let me remember. Um, oh, man, it's okay. such a famous book. Sorry, I blinked out. No, um, what's why, why a community of investors? Sorry, I can't hear you. You cut out, you already cut out. You can't hear me right now. I can't hear you. Oh, maybe it's me. Can the people hear me? People who are watching right now, can you hear us? Oh, then let me can see if it's me. Him? No, it's not me. Can you hear me? I can hear you. You keep going. I'll figure it out. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, and and the book, what, what the book was talking about is, is joining a mastermind. Really, that's what, what it was joint, talking about. It was like joining a mastermind. If you wanted to be part of something, if you wanted to be part of, be part of an in industry, what you needed to have is to have a mastermind and have people that were like trying to accomplish the same goal. And if you had that in you, there was no, there was no, there was no ifs and buts if you were going to make it happen, right? Because you had the support of these people and you had these people around you. So when I saw that and I was reading the book, I was like, well, there's no point of me reading the book and doing this if I'm not implementing the things. So I was going out and I was going to these meetups and I was trying to build that network up. And, you know, sub two, when I heard sub two, it was like, oh, this is this is what that is. This I is what. You. So can you hear me now or no? Oh, man, I'm getting worried because I can't hear you. Because everyone can hear me. So I'm going to take you off for a second. I'm just going to go solo or I'm going to just, I'll have you up second. here and you tell me when you can hear me. This is what happens when you do a live guys. Sometimes like, sometimes you deal with technical issues. So Christian's dealing with some technical issues. I know you guys can hear me. So I'm just going to keep going. I hear Christian too, which is the funny thing, but anyways, but yeah, guys, I really want to talk to you guys just real quick about what he's talking about, right? Getting educated is so key in this business. Joining something is so important. Having community is insanely important too. 
courses are cool. They can help a lot. But getting educated on the topics and having people around you you can do deals with is so much better. Sub2, Astro, I've done like maybe 50% of my deals with Sub2 and Astro students just because they know what they're doing and they're teaching me how to do it. I don't do creative financing deals unless I'm partnered up with a sub two student. It doesn't happen because I know they know what they're doing and I can trust that they know what's going on, right? So it looks like Christian's back. Christian, you can hear me? I can hear you, sorry guys. No, it's all good, no worries. Um, so talk about how community has changed your business. So you joined sub two, how does your business change? Oh, I I say, you know, it changed immediately when when I wasn't so I one of the the main thing honestly is the confidence, right? Because before I was calling sellers, but you know, if something they tell me something I don't understand, they say they told me something I didn't know what to do with or anything like that, it's like it's done, right? Hang up. I have no business here. But it but this boosted my confidence in the sense of like, okay, it doesn't matter. Whatever you got, whatever problem you got, I'm gonna have, have these people here. Somebody knows how to do it. Somebody knows how to help me, so I'll take it on. And you know, I started doing that every time I ran into something. I'll, I'll do a JV with this person, JV with, with that person, and you know, I made less. Right, I made fifty percent, fifty percent instead of a hundred percent. But really, that would have ended up being zero percent if or zero if if I ended up doing it on my own. Uh, but you know now now I have that and I have that network where like I get stuck or something happens and it's like okay what what can I do has this happened to you and you know it's just a little it's a lot less scary to do this you know when you have that yeah I love it like this was something I used to do is when I was starting out I would literally microflip knowledge what I would do is I would find newer people I would be partnered with Vincent Lanza because Lanza was in NorCal. And I would just bring every opportunity to him until we did a deal together. Do you, do you, did you ever do that when you started out? And do you feel like that's a good strategy? That's a great strategy. I have people that do that now for me. It's a great strategy. And I tell them like, look, if, if you can't help them, but you know, there's somebody that needs help, let them, you know, string them along. I'll get you paid too. And, and yeah, that's, that's a good way of doing it. Honestly, that's the easiest way of getting a deal. I'd say. I love it. So then what are your goals now? Where are you trying to go, right? I mean, it sounds like you're doing rentals, wraps, stuff like that. Um, you're doing some wholesaling. Like, what are you trying to do right now? Where's, what's your goal? I'm, I'm trying to grow my cash flow to 30,000. Um, that's where I need it. That's where I want it to go. I'm not there yet, right? But um, I, honestly, I see three, four years and I'll be there, maybe less. I love it. I love it so much. So then what are, are you mainly getting rentals subject to and stuff like that? Just single family in Atlanta and other places? Yeah, I'm just getting single family rentals. And, you know, some of them I, I do rap, but yeah, that's it. I'm just looking for single family. What, what, what's preventing you from getting there? What do you feel like is what holding you back from hitting it right now? Uh, my bandwidth, right? For example, right now I have five. I bought... I bought two for wraps and three of them for long-term rentals. And I'm not, I don't want to take on a sixth one right now until I get one, these rented, I get these wraps sold. 
then Shirelle taking more, but it's really the bandwidth. So even this, these five, they're they're gonna increase my cash flow for like close to three thousand bucks. Um, you know, so it's you know it's a really good way there. to solve that. This is what no, I've what been it, doing. Here's just like a little tip from me to you. Um, I know you're the integrator, so it might be it might be. I mean, it sounds like you mainly have an acquisitions, a good acquisition system. So what I would do, if I were you, this is what I'm doing with all my rentals. I'm just getting them. I'm bringing half the money. I'm closing the deal. And then I bring them to an operator and be like, hey, you find the tenants. You find the rat buyers. You do that work. And then I split it 50-50. But then I don't have to do anything. And I can just keep bringing in more deals wherever they come yeah. through. I'm just saying yeah, yeah, that, that would you, help have me. To, you have to split 50%, but it's worth it, man. Trust me. This is like the new like thing that I've been learning or I'm like, just split everything and then have yeah. everyone else do the work. And the volume <laughs> that you can do when you do that, right? Mm-hmm. You can do way more volume like that. Yeah, that's way more I need volume. To. It's a good idea. Have you, um, what, um, so going through your story like you're you're becoming part of sub two you're doing all of that stuff like what what were your greatest challenges as a real estate investor when you were like starting out when you were in sub two what were the things that were held you back back then um honestly i say it was a lot of myself a lot of me thinking i was doing the work when i wasn't doing the work you know like i said i'm cutting I'm calling, I think I'm calling for three hours, but I'm really calling for 45 minutes. You know, that, that I think that that was like the biggest challenge in the beginning, you know, now I, I don't have that problem because I feel the other way. I feel like, man, I'm not, I'm not on the phone with somebody. I'm wasting time. So, you know, I have the muscle now to be on the phone back to back to back to back. But at first it was that, and you know, it was, it was avoiding the task and avoiding all the, all those things that made me feel uncomfortable. But I think, you know, in this business, a lot of times when once you reach a stage, right, once you re- reach a certain point, you know, you're going to have to do a little bit more to get to the next level. And that next thing might be uncomfortable. You know, for example, let's say let's say right now, right, let's say I'm at the point where it makes sense for me to host my own meetup. Right. It makes sense for me to do that. But if I'm not, if I'm not I don't feel comfortable doing that networking. I don't feel comfortable doing the the you know some sort of public speaking or reaching out to people to hope to be partner you know be speakers in the meetup and that sort of thing i get stuck in this and i get stuck back here when i could really be moving forward if only i i fought myself through this and i pushed myself through this so i don't understand that a lot and when i feel i'm like okay is this gonna get me where i need to go yes okay then i'm gonna do it i don't care i don't care how it feels the first time Love it. So then, do you have a meetup right now in SoCal? I I host meetups pretty quick. I host meetups once a month. I don't have like a name of one and stuff like that, but I, I host them pretty regularly. I gotcha. Okay, cool. I love it. So you just like anything you feel don't feel like doing, even if it's not your thing, you just like push through it just to make it happen. I love it. It's such a good attitude because like if the, if it's gonna if it's what needs to happen, it's what needs to happen, right? It's how I felt with systems. And like creating systems, because I don't like creating systems, but I was like, I need to, otherwise it's not going to work, right? Mm -hmm. I think, Christian, I think you should find like a visionary partner, to be honest. I think that would be super helpful for you because I found my integrator partner and now like it's, it's like, oh, now I can do, now I get my cake and eat it too. 
Yeah. Now I get to do what I want to do and the business still works the way I want it to work. It's something that like opened my eyes. It's only, I mean, I've been doing it for three years and it took me, I only figured this out like four months ago about how beneficial this is. So just a thought. Yeah. Could yeah, be no. cool. And I'm at the point, honestly, I think I kind of need one to get to the next stage. Like what you said, like if I'm going to keep pushing and hit like, the next imagine step. Imagine if you could just be creating systems all day and then they were running the meetups and they were speaking and doing all that stuff. Like, wouldn't you be happier? Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> yeah, it would be cool. I'm just saying, I'm throwing it out there. It's hard to find though. It's like finding a, it's finding a life partner. It's like a very similar thing. Yeah, kind of it really is. But you know, is, is what it is. So going off of that, um, is it just a just do it thing? Like maybe it is really that simple. Like, is it really like you got the meetup and you're like, just do it? Do you have any techniques to make it easier doing things that you don't like? I wish I did, man. I don't, I don't. I'm the type of person that's just like, no, this is what needs to happen. It sucks. And even beforehand, I'm not, I, I, I joke around this, even going to a meetup, not even being the person that's hosting it, just going to one. I used to drive around the parking lot like three or four times and be Damn. like, oh man. Am I gonna stop? Am I gonna go? You know, I park, I go back, I go out, I go peek inside, I come out, I go back to my car. You know, I was that person, you know, but I, I was like, oh no, I didn't drive over here just to drive over here. That's so inside. crazy to me. That's like you're that's very one of a kind. Usually people don't push themselves that hard. Usually people like just don't do it. Like, that's pretty impressive. I like it. If you really are that type of person that has trouble, I'm the type of person that could go to any meetup anytime and just hang out just because, yeah. right? Um, but I hate doing system stuff. It, I Like, I get, like, a burning anger that starts filling my chest if I have to start working on systems now, especially since <laughs> I have a systems partner. So I'm like, dude, why am I doing any of this? I should just be talking on stages all day and, like, just <laughs> doing Scorch the Fears and doing stuff like that and meeting people and trying to understand how they work and how all of that work so i love it so are you mainly so you're mainly just focusing on cash flow are you not doing any wholesaling at all you're not trying to no, i'm doing wholesaling that's the wholesaling is how i buy the properties so i'm looking right. for wholesale deals i'm that's what that's that's what my business is about i'm chasing wholesale deals but you know in the in in the search of wholesale deals i'm gonna stumble through some creative and those are the ones i'm getting you know so some of the ones I get creatively even, you know, they're pretty deep in discounts. And the reason is because I was I was competing with a cash offer. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. So where do you feel like you're in Atlanta, you said? Atlanta and I where mean, else? Texas. Texas and Atlanta are my main markets that I like to target. Why'd you and then, why'd you choose those? Why'd you choose those as a market as someone in SoCal? Um, um, it's, it's an interesting question because a lot of people in SoCal like choosing different markets that like, I'm curious, what's your reasoning? Me, I kept on hearing people when I told them about Texas, they got a little bit scared about Texas being a non-disclosure state. So it would kind of make them stay away. So I thought like, that was like a, an edge, you know, it's like, okay, well, people are staying away from this. If I go for this, you know, then, you know there's less competition. I don't know if that were true or not, but that, that was my train of thought when, when I was doing it. And really I like the foreclosures. I, I, I target foreclosures and in Texas and, and in, in Atlanta, the way that the foreclosures are, 
they all happen on the same day. So in California, I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they could have, they happen, some of them will be this week, some of them will be next week, some of them will be the week after that. But in Texas, they all happen on the first Tuesday of every, every, every month. And same in Georgia. So it, it's easier to set up a system that is texting and calling, you know, these people and you know where they're at in the process and you know where they are in their mindset. So, you know, when you're messaging them Friday, three days before the auction, the message, hey, you can still do something with your house. Don't don't walk away with nothing. Hit, you know, resonates more with them than if you hit them in the beginning. So things like that, right? Like it just made more sense for me for the marketing and the fact that I felt like, you know, as a non-disclosure state, I have like some people trying to stay away from it. Is that your main strategy is like you'll since you know when the auctions are, you'll be like three days before it's about a hit. You, that's when you hit up all the foreclosures. Is that like the main? I strategy? start hitting them up a month out. OK, I start hitting up a month out. But, you know, I'm, I don't stop until it's happening. So right now, for example, it's, it's, it's actually happening next Tuesday of next week. But I'm not going to stop with my camp marketing until maybe Monday. Talk about people in foreclosure. Like, how do you deal with that, right? That's something in our industry a lot of times people talk to me about how, like, how do you ethically buy a foreclosure? Because a lot of people think that, like, it's unethical to hit people up who are in foreclosure and try to buy their house at 50 cents on the dollar, right? They're like, oh, you're like, you're like, you're like hurting people who are in distress. If they put it on the market, they make way more money. What do you, what do you say to people like that? You know, I, and this is something, uh, this is part of the conversation I'm having with the sellers. I'm, I'm giving them, all, I'm, I give them all the options, right? I tell them, look, it's a cat. You want cash. You want, you want to be done with it. This is where investors are going to hit you. If you, if you want a little bit more money, right? I could probably give you a little bit more money, but I'm going to take over the payment. And this is how much you're going to get now. If that's what you want, then that's what you want. Then you, I, I, it's not like I'm hiding the other option that, hey, you can list it. I'll tell them you can list it for a month, two months, three months. It might take up to three months to find a buyer. And if you have the, the money to, and you have the time and you have everything, you should go down that route. All right. I can't, I can't do that for you. I can't pay that much, but that's, that's the door. If you have the resources and everything else, you should go down that road. Um, and if not, these are the other two options. Which one do you prefer? You know, and, and a lot of times it's, it's not like every 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 call that I have is not like I'm trying to close it. A lot of times I'm just kind of understanding where they're at, what what they have done, if they still have anything they they can do. Some people don't. You know, some people are at the end of the road, and the best thing they could do for themselves at that point is to sell it cash. But some people still have to. You know, some people still have room. Some people could still file for you know loan modifications and stuff like that and i advise them and i push them down that direction you know doesn't mean that i have to get them i have to buy it you know i, I might and, I, and sometimes for example i buy after they got denied right they come to me because i help them yeah. even try and then they come back and they say you know what this is we we really can't do anything right we don't we lost our job we can't get approved for the loan modification or whatever you know but I, I think that's the best way to go about it is just to kind of give really give them the options and let them know, okay, you can do this, you can do this, you can do this, you can do this. And it's up to them what they want to do, you know, and what they can do. I love that for so many different reasons. Like 
Guys, why you want to give all your options to a seller or to an agent, really, just give all the options away is because you're doing so many different things at once. One is then you're being ethical. You're not lying to them. You're telling them exactly how it's going to work, no matter what. Like just literally giving it like, here are all the possible ways you can sell this house and get rid of this problem. This is just all the ways I can do it. One, two, three, four, five. Two, it's also an amazing sales tactic because you're being honest and you're leading and you're doing it ethically. And when you give everybody options, then they just choose which option it is. Even if it is the realtor route, I mean, Christian definitely has referrals for realtors where he can get paid a teensy bit if that's the route they want to go down, right? So guys, the point is, is that the more ethical you are, the more money you make in this business by giving people options. It's so freaking key to being able to make even more money is by doing this business ethically, right? And I know Christian's a good guy, so I wanted to just ask him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I love it. And then do you just want to own single family rentals? Are you going to be good after the 30 K or what's the, what, what is like, what's going to happen after 30 K? Um, when, you know, once you get involved in this business, I think it's going to be hard to just stop. Like I can't just say, stop. okay, 30 K and I'm done because you know, you could, you get there and then Jonah could call me and say, Hey, Christian, I got this deal. Do you want to do it or not? You know, it's gonna be hard for me to say, "Oh no, dude, I already made thirty k in cash flow. I'm good." You know, right. uh, that's just the goal. But I really multifamily. I would like to go into multifamily. I would like to maybe go into owning other businesses. You know, that could cash flow. That would be that'd be nice. Uh, but um, that's that's the plan. You know, I, I do. I am interested in other businesses, and I am interested in multifamily. But I feel like it. I, I got something good going and I feel like I need to, you know, push it a little bit farther and get more comfortable before I go ahead and start looking at these other options. And then you were talking about earlier how you got your first deal was by like hitting up the Latino community, right? Specifically, because you speak Spanish. Do you feel like that's a really good strategy for people? And most like if you're if you're Latino, like to specifically hit up the Latino community, I know there's a big one in Texas. Like I'm I think so. You do that. Yeah, I think so. Talk about you know, that a little bit. Like, how do you do that? Is it like that much different? Is it the same thing, but you just translate everything to Spanish? Or like, how would you go about doing that if you're like Latino and speak Spanish? Well, it's 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 um, it's the same thing, right? In the terms of like, you're still gonna talk about the same things. You're still gonna answer the same questions, right? You just have to know the Spanish. But really, my 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 train of thought. I don't know. I thought, okay, they're gonna be comfortable. They're gonna be more comfortable with me if I look like them. If I sound like them. You know, it's kind of like mirroring type of thing. So that that's kind of why I thought like, okay, this is going to be faster because, you know, they're going to be able to relate with me easier. Now, as you get better at sales and stuff like that, you can relate with everybody and you can, you know, do business with anybody. But I wasn't there at that time. So I was just, you know, trying to see, okay, if they relate with me, that maybe I look like, you know, one of their brothers or something and, they feel comfortable with me, then that's how they'll sell it to me. I like it. I like it a lot. And then, so what are the fears you're dealing with now? Like you at this upper level, right? I mean, people look at you, you're doing, how many deals do you feel like you're doing a month right now? Maybe like uh, six to nine. Six to nine deals a month, right? You're doing six to nine deals a month right now. That to some people, that's an insane amount of deals, right? Like that's insane amount of deals. What do you feel like are some fears 
that might be holding you back now? Fears or mindset issues that are holding you back from getting where you want to be? Um, I think what's holding me back is is um, re- really seeking a partner that could elevate me. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I'm not necessarily seeking seeking it. I know that that's the next step. I know that that's kind of what I need, you know, but um, that's that's really like the, the thing that, like you said, it's like finding a life partner. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm having, I'm, you know, like I have, I'm more scared about that than anything, finding, you know, getting somebody and maybe they don't have the same work ethic. Or doesn't even need ethical. to be a partner. You can hire a CEO eventually. Like it is yeah. possible to hire a CEO type of human being. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit weirder. Most CEOs usually just hire the COO. Right. Mm-hmm. But you could hire somebody too. So like, don't worry about like necessarily finding a partner. You can hire it out as well. Definitely yeah. is possible. But yeah, man, I mean, that definitely makes life easier. I partnered up and I'm like, man, this is like just so much better. This is like, yeah, I, but- <laughs> they, own, they own 50% of it. And like now I just hang out and they do the parts I don't want to do. I do the parts that I want to <laughs> do. Right. But yeah so yeah man no no worries but like that's a hard one too because you have to find the person you'd have to like think really hard about who it could even be at Mm -hmm. this moment right um it's like finding a girl like it's like kind of the same thing like it just kind of happens after a while you just keep looking for it and eventually happens you know um but yeah man so what like one of my favorite questions to ask people that we're like getting to the tail end of the interview. So I want to just end or not end, but like start getting towards like this question specifically, which is if you, if Christian could go back, if you could go back to when you were just starting off in real estate, what would you tell them knowing everything that you know now? I would have seeked help faster. I would have tried to find people that know, more than me faster i would have tried to you know build my network of other investors faster i wasn't necessarily also the person that you know that seeks help or that you know makes a bunch of friends or none of that you know and that's i think that's what that's what kept me back for a long time how long were you trying to do it on your own oh maybe like six to eight months okay so for a while you were doing it on your own so you didn't immediately try to find a community. You you at first, how did you even start on your own? Like, what did you do? How did you even get the resources? Um, I was just on YouTube, man. And I was watching everything on YouTube and I was taking notes and, and you know, t- trying. You know, I was just trying. Okay, this is where you pull the list. I'll pull the list. This is, this is the dialer. Okay, let me call it. I didn't have a script. I remember, I remember the door knock. The first door, I know, the first door and door knock, I didn't even know what to say. And I didn't realize that I didn't know what to say until they opened the door. Like I, I went, I was like, okay, door knocking, yes, it is. And I go door knock, boom, boom, boom. And they opened the door and I'm like, oh, I didn't think about it this far. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. I like that. Oh, I didn't get, I didn't get to this point of them actually opening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, I didn't really get to this funny. video yet. Let me go back. Hey, that's really funny. Man, but like, that's so crazy. So... You just started doing it. You were doing it on your own. And then what changed your mind? Like, how'd you figure out like, oh no, I do need help. Well, partially it was that book and, you know, that book kind of made me 
I had like seek it like like I was reading that book and I was like, oh man. Oh, it's called Think this it was Think Think and Grow Rich. Okay, Think and Grow Rich, yeah, by Napoleon. But I was just like following the, the all of the all of the things and I was like, Okay, if, if I don't go a hundred percent and follow all of the things, then there's no point of me even reading this book. Like I'm like what's that mean what like you don't get a a cooking recipe and you say okay well i'm not gonna put this i'm not gonna put this and i'm gonna put this and expect it to turn out like the picture right so that's how that was my mindset and that was my mindset when i when i read that book i was like okay well i'm not whatever I'm, i got going on it's not it's not it's not it it's not working you know it's not getting me anywhere i'm not making any traction so i need to do something else gotcha no that makes sense yeah it's everybody hits that point too. I mean, for me, it was like really early. <clears throat> I was, I like went on sign up for Astro. That was the first one I signed up for. And then I signed up for sub two because I just heard about Astro first. Their marketing mm -hmm. got to me first. Um, but yeah, no, that's, that definitely makes sense. What are like, what are your favorite books of all time? Your favorite entrepreneurial books? Um, I like that one. I like Think, Think of Grow Rich. Why do you like um, Think Grow Rich? Like, like, what principles did you take from it? Um, well, that was one. That was the main one that that I, I took from it. You know, I, I haven't read it in in a while, um, so I, 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 you know, I haven't refreshed it. But that was like was one thing that I never let go. The fact that I needed a mastermind and I needed all of that. Um, but you know, I, I I read a lot of books about mindset. I. I don't remember right at this point, you know, cause just because I haven't been so, I've just been so involved in the business for the past like year and a half that I haven't gone back to took space with that. Um, gotcha. Okay. How, any other books specifically that have really helped your journey other than Think Garage? Um, I don't know. I don't have anything right now at the top of my head, you know? Okay. I, gotcha. Yeah, mine, I think, I mean, have you read Rocket Fuel yet? I, I, I read Rocket Fuel, yeah. Yeah, gotcha. That's just the best partner book. That's the best, like, partnering yeah. and, like, how to get it to the next level. It was just, like, the problem you were talking about, right? Yeah, so yeah. I thought it might be, like, a good one. But, um, yeah, I love it. And then, so, where can people reach you? I see you got at christian.h.1. That's your, that's your Instagram, right? Yeah, Instagram, that, you know, that's... That's the easiest way to reach me, I think. Is there anything else you want us to plug? Anything else you're working on? Should they just send you deals there? What type of deals are you looking for? What else can we plug for you? Okay, my yeah, I'm looking for cash deals um, more than anything, right? In in California, Texas, and Atlanta. If you guys got something over there, I've uh, got a pretty strong buyers list. Um, what's and, um what's your credit? What's a buy box? Buy box, you know, um, two bedroom, one bath up to four bedroom two bath you know i don't want the biggest house um of the neighborhood and that sort of thing right i want like cookie cutter houses that's really what, what works best um but you know i don't it, it, since it's different markets it, it depends right so in, um i like stuff that's not that's built you know after 1950. okay cool and what about creative deals i know you're buying creative deals right yeah, creative deals. I like you know, if, it's a, if it's got like ten percent ten percent entry fee, right? And if if it's a newer house, especially you know after two thousand the year two thousand, uh, three bedroom, two baths, and four bedroom, two baths, or uh, I prefer the four bedroom houses. 
Um, well, that's that's they and, and that's I'll in buy Texas them. and Atlanta. Yeah, Dallas. Can you market Dallas in Texas and, Houston, and Atlanta. Dallas, Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, Atlanta. Love it. Awesome. Cool guys. Well, um, you guys should a hundred percent send deals if you're getting them in Texas, in uh, in Atlanta, any of these places. Creative deals, he'll buy them. Cash deals, he'll wholesale them. Guys, Christian is an amazing resource. Don't sleep on him. Go follow him. Like his posts. He's doing some cool stuff with social media. Do you have a YouTube channel? No, I should have a YouTube channel, but I'm. Well, you'll get on it eventually. But follow him, like him, all that good stuff. Um, yeah, and like send him deals, guys, because he will buy them. He will dispo them. Like you guys should 100% not sleep on him. My man, do you have any last words for the people? No, man. Thank you for having me. It was good good talking to you. We will hopefully work on something together soon. Yeah. When we're in SoCal, we'll work on stuff. My next market is SoCal. I'm NorCal in Colorado, and the next one's SoCal. So we'll talk okay. a lot then. That's okay, where it'll be really go. good. Yeah. So, all right, guys. That's Scorch the Fears. I'll see y'all next week, Thursday, 5 p.m. PSC. Let's freaking go. Let's freaking go.